A group called the Voter Integrity Fund is cold calling people across the country to determine whether or not they actually requested absentee ballots and sent them back in. And sure enough, they have already found several irregularities and evidence of voter fraud. I didn't say proof of voter fraud, just evidence. We can, we, can, we can play the whole semantic argument thing, but there's no other way to put it. There are people who have registered new addresses who voted absentee in other states. Some of these people who may have voted twice. That is evidence, could be circumstantial, might not prove intentional voter fraud, but it's there. Well, now we have an actu- we actually have a bigger story. There is a man named Nashon Garrett who appeared on the Laura Ingram program. And he said someone voted for him in Arizona. He's not there. He's in Tennessee training for the Olympics. This is a wrestler training for the Olympics saying, I did not vote. You see, the Voter Integrity Fund called him. They cold called him saying, did you vote? And he said, wait a minute. He did not. This is evidence. What do we do? We must investigate. Does it mean they're going to overturn the election results? No. And Carl Rove says it's not going to happen. But what's crazy to me is the left keeps saying several things, the left and the mainstream media. For one, Joe Biden won. Okay, we we haven't even gone through the constitutional process of determining the winner. I understand traditionally just whatever the media says, but it's very strange. The media is putting out a narrative where they're like, every day that Joe Biden doesn't get access is a national security risk. Well, the Constitution says the, the, the Electoral College votes on the 12th of December. So we're going to wait until then, I guess. It's ridiculous. They're also saying no evidence of widespread voter fraud. OK, well, whatever. There's evidence of voter fraud. I'm going to show it to you. We've already seen sworn affidavits. It doesn't mean it's proof. It doesn't mean we've we've proven beyond a reasonable doubt. It means we have a bunch of evidence. Now we say, OK, we got some witness statements. We've got this weird instance where a dude clearly says he didn't vote. Maybe he's lying. Awesome. Let's investigate and figure out if a guy went on national television lying in the effort to, to, to boost President Trump, right? Wouldn't the Democrats love to prove this guy went on TV and lied in order to make it look like Trump was right? That would be real bad for Trump, wouldn't it? Great. That's why we have to investigate. The other, the other picture, uh, the other big issue I take with what the left is saying in the media and the Democrats is how we shouldn't investigate these things because they wouldn't change the results anyway. You mean to tell me we've got tens of thousands of instances of potential fraud and you're saying, yeah, well, it's not systemic. It's not going to change the results. So ignore it. No, if people committed crimes, then investigate it. So all these people who tried to vote twice or whatever. Well, there you go. Now we're going to dig in, because even if this ends up with a president, Joe Biden, wouldn't we all be happier knowing that our elections have more security and integrity? How could we go four years with the Democrats screaming about interference and election security and now be like, no, no, stop looking? It's because it's about power. Look, I think the Republicans and the right are going after uh, these instances and seeking these things out where they're normally ignored and probably happen often because it's a path to power, to winning. And I can respect it. The Democrats are rejecting it. I get it. They want power. I don't want the Democrats to win. And I understand why the Democrats want to win. But you know what? I care about what is practical, logical, reasonable, and fair. And that means even if it turns out this integrity project, they find only minor instances and we get to the bottom of them, but doesn't change the results. It's still a good thing. This project is actually quite incredible. They are calling people across the country and they found some stuff. They got this uh, a few weird instances. 
So here's what I'll do. Let me show you what's going on with this project, what they're all about. And then I want to show you CNN's response as they lie to people claiming there's no there's no evidence of fraud and it's all just a fictional reality. But first, I'll show you the actual reality and then show you why, in fact, CNN is the fake news reality. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There are many ways you can give, but the best thing you can do is share this video for all of the reasons I just said. Let's uh, let's get to the bottom of this once and for all, right? Because I tell you this, especially for those on the left and the Democrats who, for some reason, I guess you still watch my stuff, but thank you if you do. Don't you want to know about potential instances of fraud so that should it come to a point where a Republican uses these tactics, you know how to spot them? Sure. And it might not even change the results. It might just be like there. Look, we gave you your audit. Republicans, you should accept the results now. It'll give you a strong argument. So yes, People should know about this. Please, if you think it's important, you think I do a good job, please share this video. And don't forget to like, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Here's the story from The Inquirer. Pro-Trump voter integrity group that is calling Pennsylvania voters has ties to the White House. Now, to be honest, this is actually one of the most comprehensive articles I could find on the Voter Integrity Fund, and they're trying to poison the well. Basically saying it's pro-Trump and it's tied to the White House. Okay, and, and if the Democrats uncover fraud, I would like them to be, uh, you know, talked about as well. There have been instances where, uh, you know, the, the Democrats have this video coming out where a woman on the street admits she voted twice for Trump in 2016 and got, a caught, got caught and got arrested. Yeah, voter fraud is bad. I'm glad she did. By all means, bring up all of the news in the world. The only issue is right now, the Democrats, for some reason, seem to be on the other side of this. Let me let me be fair. When the Russiagate thing was going on. I was on board. I said, okay, let's go for it. Let's see what we discover. I'm not a psychic. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what Trump did. And I said, if we got a threat to our security, we'll investigate. Here we are with the Republicans. I'm saying the exact same thing. So please, this isn't about partisanship. It's about making sure the right person gets elected. The Inquirer says, election officials across the U.S. say they have found no evidence of widespread voter fraud. That would affect the outcome of the presidential election. And I think that's Likely, because even the stuff we found, the, the potential voter fraud and the evidence of fraud, doesn't necessarily mean it's systemic and going to actually overturn the results. I think it I think it just these things happen. But let's check. Right. They say, but a new group supporting Donald Trump is cold calling thousands of people in Pennsylvania and elsewhere and asking them if they voted in an apparent attempt to find in- instances of misconduct. The effort has ties directly to the White House, including a controversial senior advisor there and is feeding information to the Trump's Trump campaign's legal team. That's correct. The Voter Integrity Fund is run by government employees and former Trump campaign staffers who are analyzing voter data in six key states, according to founder Matt Brainard, who worked for the Trump campaign's data team in 2016. Brainard started the new operation last week after a tweet about his access to the publicly available data prompted people to offer donations to fund an investigation into any irregularities. As of Thursday, Brainard said nine people, including five former Trump campaign staffers and a few White House staff volunteers, are working on the initiative at the Washington area headquarters. One of the White House staffers is Camilo Sandoval, a senior advisor to Trump who was recently named federal chief information security officer a position in the Office of Management and Budget. In 2015 and 16, I assembled this data for then-candidate Trump. I believe our work was pivotal to the eventual outcome. And now we're together again for one more fight working to ensure the integrity of the election from Matt Brainerd. They say, uh, they go, look, they go on to explain who these people are because they're trying to let you know these people don't like Joe Biden. 
The Voter Integrity Fund has purchased data on millions of voters from six states, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Wisconsin, Michigan, Arizona, and Nevada, and is cross-referencing names of people who voted absentee or by mail with the National Address Change Registry and the Social Security Death Registry, Brainard said. They are focusing on identifying people who requested a mail-in ballot but were not marked as having returned it, as well as first-time voters in areas of high turnout, like Philadelphia. Brainard said they are also trying to find people who moved to adjacent states to see if they voted in both places. The group has con- contracted three call centers located in Iowa, Nevada, and Virginia, where more than 100 paid operators will call voters. He said his team hopes to contact about 1.5 million people. They are asking three questions. Did a person with your name vote? Did you request a mail-in ballot? Did you return a mail-in ballot? We have not made any claims that voter fraud has happened. We are just gathering evidence. Brainard said in a phone interview Thursday, if we actually find there are no indicators of voter fraud, we will put that out. The data speaks for itself. They're going to mention that Donald Trump is saying fraud, fraud across the board. And, you know, Trump is trying to overturn the results. No, they are. Actually, Trump's own lawyer said that, that they're going to overturn the results in several states. And Sidney Powell uh, um, said on, I I believe Sidney Powell's her name, said on uh, Fox this morning that It would be stupid of these states to certify while they have all of this evidence coming in. My response to that is, by all means, um, I look forward to seeing the evidence you have. Please put it out and then I'll report on it when it's available. I'm not just going to assume it's all true. That being said, this organization is is claiming that they have all of this evidence. And we have an individual who has now appeared live on Laura Ingram's program saying he did not vote. This is evidence of voter fraud, or it could potentially be evidence of someone lying, I guess. But if we take it for what it is, it's evidence that there may be voter fraud. I don't know uh, to what extent, and we're going to have to dig a lot deeper. What you need to understand about the word evidence is that we keep hearing the media say things like without evidence, without evidence, Trump with no evidence, citing no evidence, no evidence. What does evidence mean? This is the argument. Okay, fine. Let's play semantics. Evidence is the available body of facts or information indicating whether a belief or proposition is true or valid. Signs or indications of something. Seriously, the word evidence just means signs or indications of something. If a dude says I didn't vote in Arizona, that is a sign or indication that there may have been fraud. <laughs> it's that simple. Now that I've gotten you past the semantic argument that I know the left is going to go after, let me show you the, sh- the, the, the clip from Laura Ingram. Tennessee voter claims his name was used to cast a ballot in Arizona. In this live shot, Nashon Garrett says outright he did not vote by absentee. He could be lying. I have no indication or sign that he is. So I can't say there's evidence he's lying. I do have a sign or indication that this man didn't vote in Arizona and it's an Olympic. Uh, he's training for the Olympics. OK, he is a he's a, a not some random dude who just said, oh, by the way, no, this is a, this is a guy who's a, apparently a well-known wrestler training for the Olympics. OK, this is like a, an all star athlete saying not me, please. That is that is evidence. It's not widespread. But it, it, it does need to be looked into. And if you ignore this and all the other claims without going through them in the legal process, you're just going to sow more division. But this man, Nashon Garrett, he is uh, like, I, like I mentioned, 
training for the Olympics. He has his own Wikipedia page. He's an American collegiate and freestyle wrestler, best known for winning the 133-pound NCAA Division I National Championship in 2016. There you go. He He competed at the 2016 Freestyle Wrestling Olympic Trials, losing a controversial match to Tony Ramos. In the match, Garrett was leading 3-2 to two when he was hit with a stalling penalty point just seconds before the end of the match, giving Ramos the victory by, de- by decision. There you go. That's who he is. He put out a thread talking about voter fraud because he is a man claiming he did not vote, and he wanted to explain what this was. His Twitter thread, by most accounts, does not appear to be overly political, but it does appear like he takes voter fraud very seriously, which is not a Democrat position. Nashon said, he said, uh, vote, uh, I am not concluding that there is widespread systematic voter fraud in this thread. The, he says the beginning of wisdom, according to ancient writers, is understanding or terms. What is voter fraud? Voter fraud is the illegal behavior of individual voters. Clear, cut and simple. Simple. It takes many forms. Duplicate voting. When someone impersonates another voter to vote. Vote selling. A non-citizen voting. Four. A felon voting in an election before they have a right to do so, an absurd restriction. That's actually a left position. Voting in a district where the voter does not or no longer lives. Side note, I actually kind of agree about the felon thing. I know there's been a lot of controversy like Bloomberg paying off fines. But if you pay your debt to, pay your debt to society, you should be allowed to re-enter society and vote as, as, as far as I can tell. But anyway, long story short, what we're seeing now from... Uh, Matt Brainerd of the Vote Integrity Project is that there are real instances where fraud may have occurred. So let me just put it very simply. Signs and indicators, that's what evidence is. And we have some. Matt Brainerd says, we've discovered the following number of early absentee voters who filed out-of-state NCOA move notices, suggesting they have they may have cast illegal ballots due to no longer meeting residency requirements. Over 7,000 in Pennsylvania, over 17,000 in Georgia, 5,000 in Nevada, 1,000, uh, 1,600 in Michigan, over 6,000 in Wisconsin, over 5,000 in Arizona. He says, we are working to confirm correct residency for these voters and sharing our data with the campaign's legal team in several states. We are confident we've identified these early ballot, I'm sorry, these early absentee double voters after analyzing just a few adjacent states. 631 in PA, not including New York, and Nevada, 987. We are sharing this data with the campaign's legal team, in addition to expanding this double voter search to fill all 50 states and to election day voting. This requires us to purchase a national voter file. HQ team has a new favorite lunch spot. Please help us with these growing expenses. He then links to their fundraising uh, website. It may be that they've uncovered a lot of evidence of people voting illegally. Many people may have moved because of COVID or because of the riots, but then voted by absentee where they used to live. You can't do that. Now, would a court really throw these out? Maybe when you change your address, you no longer live there. And then you go and vote there. You're altering that state's elections when you don't live there. That's not cool. But I wonder if they might say, look, many of these people didn't actually move. We'll see what, what it comes down to. I don't know if the courts are actually going to want to get involved and actually overturn an election. Carl Rove seems to think that will not happen. But looking at this information is kind of worrisome. 
the people who are said to have voted after changing their address maybe didn't vote at all. This Nashon uh, Garrett fella, he says he voted in Tennessee because he moved there and he's been training for the Olympics. But somebody voted in his name in Arizona. So he did not double vote. Someone else voted for him. There are many ways. There, there are many uh, uh, scenarios that people on the right are bringing up as to how this could have been done. Notably, there is a, a story. Uh, I'll, I'll, we'll call it a, a hashtag. Maidengate, where they're saying that many people are discovering that these are women. Their votes, that votes were cast using their maiden names because the maiden names are still in the registry, even though they now vote with their new name after they got married. There's also the possibility that votes were cast after people moved, thinking, you know, there's another opportunity to get people who are registered to vote but are no longer there to have voted. These people who voted by absentee very well may not even realize they voted. And thus, Matt Brainard and his organization are cold calling people to figure it out. And that's how they found this guy, Nashon Garrett. We'll see ultimately how all of this plays out. Matt says the data for the final phone based program has been shipped to our call centers. This is for the unreturned ABS program, which cover Michigan, Wisconsin and Arizona. The unreturned program for GNPA is complete and is non-applicable to, to Nevada. The program targets those marked as receiving ABS ballots, but not returning them. We ask whether or not they requested the ballot. Red flag if no. And if yes, did they mail them back in? Red flag if yes. This program is expected to complete Tuesday night. Our national voter file and specialized S extract based on that file for use in identifying double voters and potential residency requirements violators is being processed by the vendor overnight and will arrive for analysis this morning, Sunday. In Wisconsin, we are expanding our analysis to the extremely anomalous explosion in indefinite confinement absentee requests that bypass the need for identification. Core HQ staff have committed to another week of volunteering. HQ call center gearing up for final week to reconfirm red flags and collect additional declarations. Expecting final analysis presentation late next week. Keep the faith. Sure. Okay, absolutely. This is one of the most significant efforts to uncover widespread voter fraud. And still the numbers being presented don't necessarily give us enough information to suggest it exists. And I don't think Matt or anyone is actually asserting that because they're being very, very careful and rightly so. They listen, I want to make sure this is clear. If we do find fraud, and it seems that there have been several instances sworn by witnesses, particularly poll watchers, who've signed sworn affidavits, or USPS postal workers. It doesn't mean widespread. The people working on this, li listen, I'm going to put it this way. I get a lot of people saying, Tim Tim won't go to bat for Trump and say it's, it's fraud and everyone knows it. And people are putting all these claims about trusting the plan and stuff like that. You are not helping. Okay, when, when, what, I'll tell you what helps. The best thing being done right now, the lawsuits, and what Matt Brainerd is doing. This helps. In the end, no matter what ends up happening, the things that Matt Brainerd and his team will find will help make our elections more secure. If the left truly believes Biden won and it's over, then they should just accept that there's going to be an audit to make sure. Wouldn't that be great for healing and uniting? I wonder why they don't want it. Well, I'll tell you what. Brian Stelter says this is not reality. CNN Stelter sounds alarm over Newsmax OAN boost amid Trump's baseless election attacks. Baseless. You can't say that. You really, really can't. 
You can say that Trump exaggerates or he's extreme or he's advocating for Trump and we'll have to dig in. But baseless is too broad. You can say um, unproven. Uh, but even then, I would try to avoid that because it implies what he's saying is absolutely false when we're not at that point yet. I understand it's really hard to prove a negative, but we are working through debunking claims, verifying claims and investigating potential fraud as we should be doing. Well, Brian Souther doesn't like the fact that Newsmax, this is crazy. One of their hosts actually got, got over a million viewers in the ratings. That is nuts. Fox News taking a huge dip in their ratings because people don't want to watch because Fox News is acting like there's no evidence. and They keep saying it and it's not true. That's what's crazy to me. Now, certainly I've had people saying, Tim, you're just as bad as Fox News. There's realism and there's idealism and there's wishful thinking. I am quite a bit of a realist. I need to see the evidence. Now, I've seen the sworn affidavits. I've seen what Matt Brainerd has produced. But most importantly, I have seen Nashawn Garrett come out and say, I did not vote. Okay, we got we got one. Let's look into this because that came from Matt Brain, uh, from Brainerd's uh, research, in which case it seems likely that he's actually digging, you know, digging things up and it's working. It's credible. Maybe it stops only a handful of people. Wouldn't you be happy to find that out? But for Brian Salter to say it's not reality when we literally have a dude on the record on Fox saying, hey, I didn't vote. Isn't that funny? Brian, did you even watch the segment? Are you calling Nation a liar? He might be lying, but I'm not going to call him a liar. I don't know. I have no signs or indications that he's lying. In fact, why would he risk everything for this? I got no evidence to say he would. Media reports in a latest reliable sources monologue, CNN's Brian Stelter warned of a probable rise in disinformation. Yeah, coming from him, maybe. He said, I don't want to call it an alternative reality anymore because it's not reality. There is nothing real about this. But in this fictional parallel universe, the election was rigged. It was stolen out from under Trump and Trump was the rightful winner. This is the new birtherism. We are going to be reckoning with the consequences of these lies for years. <laughs> Did you uh, look in a mirror, Brian? Because I seem to remember talking about Russiagate and entertaining the possibility when you said Trump had colluded with Russia. Yeah, pot, meat, kettle. This is what CNN does. If only they would just be honest about it. Coming out right now and saying Joe Biden won. No, Joe Biden is the projected winner. The certification hasn't happened yet. I personally think it's going to be a Joe Biden presidency. And forgive me for being a realist. But even if you do think there was a, a rigging and all stuff happened, is Trump going to succeed against the, the, the so-called deep state? I don't know. But I, it really does just seem probable it will be a Joe Biden presidency. I don't know what else to say to that. Maybe I'm wrong. But either way, I want this stuff to be investigated, and there is stuff to investigate. Brian Salter, however, doesn't want you to know this. He doesn't want you to watch this stuff or read this. Read this. That's why he's criticizing other networks. That's why he's saying, don't go to Newsmax or One American News. It's misinformation. In fact, he's also angry that people are going to parlor, saying it's a threat to our democracy. Oh, no, you can't control what people think anymore, and they're able to think whatever they want. Yeah, well, too bad. Welcome to individual liberty. No one made you the arbiter of truth. You're just some guy on TV and I'm just some guy on the Internet. And I fully expect a ton of people to tell me I'm wrong and stupid all day, every day. And you know what? Good. I see people posting all the time on Twitter how dumb I am. And I'm like, wonderful. I'm not always right. 
I'm not perfect. And you certainly need to watch other people and get their assessment on these things. In fact, I encourage you to watch Brian Stelter. See what he has to say. Just don't fall for his tricks when he says, don't watch these other programs. That's the trick. You want to. You want to watch it all. You want to, you want to fact check these things. Investigate for yourself. I'll tell you what really is a threat to our democracy. A threat to our democracy is the likes of Brian Stelter acting like there's no evidence, which is an outright lie. There's no definitive proof just yet. The mathematical anomalies that have come out so far, it's circumstantial and it's light circumstantial. It suggests maybe there's something there. We see smoke. A dude saying that he didn't vote on TV and someone voted in his name. That's fire. That's literally the fire. That's literally like, whoa, this dude is straight out saying it. Okay, let's get him under oath because if he's lying, we better find out, right? But he's not the only one who's come out and said things like this. We've had some woman claim that her dead son was on the voter rolls and had voted. That's it's, it's all being disputed because everyone's trying to fight over reality. The left is trying to convince you of what is true. And, and so is the right. The only problem? Well, reality, at least for now, has a right wing bias. Yeah. Remember that famous line from Colbert? Reality is a liberal bias. That was a long time ago. As of right now, the mainstream news outlets are just pumping out garbage and lying about everything. And you know what? Fox is too. Fox News conflated a 14th Amendment argument with a fraud argument. And the media keeps doing this thing where they're like, in court, Trump's team actually straight up said there was no evidence of fraud in one lawsuit referring specifically to improperly filled out ballots. That's the lie. The reality is Trump has a bunch of lawsuits. I think it's all an extreme long shot. I don't know if he's going to win. I think he probably won't. That's just me. Get mad at me for for thinking that. But man, is the media lying about all of this just all day, every day. At least Fox News is kind of coming around. Laura Ingram is putting out, you know, the statement from uh, from uh, Nation. Well, over at the Wall Street Journal opinion from Karl Rove, this election result won't be overturned. Recounts occasionally change margins in the hundreds, never in the tens of thousands. Look, Alan Dershowitz thinks that Trump is going to prevail in his Pennsylvania lawsuit, but it might not be enough. Several legal scholars have said Trump would have to pull off three Hail Marys simultaneously to get a win in this regard. I want him to win. I do. And I want the uh, the Republican senators to win. I do. Because the left, the Democrats have gone insane, completely insane. But I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm a realist. And some people now, only now are they like, Tim says he will laugh if Joe Biden wins, but people are dying. Uh huh. They said that about me when I laughed when Trump won. The left was like, Tim is laughing as people are dying. When people thought Trump was really on, when people thought that Trump really was on track to win, I said, look, if Joe Biden ends up winning, I'm going to laugh about it. I'm not laughing because it's funny that what he's going to do. I'm laughing because you have to learn to move on and strategize and, and figure out how to solve your problems. Sometimes you don't win. And if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Succeed. Joe Biden winning is not the end of the world for me. It's bad in a lot of ways. And not a fan. I think he's a a crony warmonger who's already bringing on a bunch of really awful people. But sure, I think there's strange anomalies. I think there are strange connections. I think there are sworn statements and claims of outright voter fraud that needs to be investigated. And all of that is evidence. It's not proof. You see, there's a difference. But for the media to lie over and over again, that's what really gets me. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep doing exactly as I do when I when I when I cover these stories. I'm assuming diehard Trump supporters will continue to be, continue to be mad at me and the left will be mad at me as well. The good thing is, though, I got both the left and right calling me a grifter. So I must be doing something right or completely wrong. Sure.
I'll call it like I see it. In the end, I think, again, it's going to go to Joe Biden. But I want to see Trump fight to the bitter end. I want to see him take these lawsuits as he's legally entitled to do. And I want to know what's going on with these weird claims. More importantly, what Brainerd is doing and his crew with the Voter Integrity Fund is one of the best things I've seen in a long time. I'd love to see the data after the fact. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastnews, my other channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Last night in D.C., several hundred thousand Trump supporters marched throughout the day. Antifa and Black Lives Matter showed up. And as soon as the sun had set, well, actually, I'm sorry, it was even before the sunset, Antifa started attacking people. Now, if you go to like Reddit or if you uh, watch mainstream media or whatever, they'll tell you that Trump supporters were attacking the innocent counter protesters. The counter protesters showed up to a Trump rally, not the other way around. Therein lies the serious problem. Who instigated the violence? When the Proud Boys say they're going to Portland, I criticized that as well. Well, this was Trump supporters, run of the mill people, regular in, like regular folks walking around doing their thing and they're getting beaten. There's one video of a guy. He's just like walking around his little bike and they just knock him to the ground and he's confused. Like, why are you attacking me? They don't get it. I think it's kind of surprising to me in, in, in some capacity that these Trump supporters didn't realize what was going to happen if they walked into uh, uh, Antifa. If they went to D.C., I mean, there were a bunch of Trump supporters saying you need to get out of town before nightfall because Antifa and this massive roving band was going around beating random people. And I mean it. There's a video of some middle aged woman getting punched in the back of the head, sucker punches. They walk up and punch her in the head. They threw an explosive device at a restaurant. There were people just sitting, eating food, and they threw a mortar, uh, you know, firework into the right, like into the the outside uh, dining area. This, it's, it's crazy watching this stuff. And still, the media says Trump supporters did it. You know, you go on social media, they say, oh, the Trump supporters, they're attacking these counter protesters. Yeah, yeah, of course. And I tell you, it's one of the, I don't understand this. This is what I don't understand. Look, when, when people on the right or, you know, regular people, liberal, whatever, are sharing these videos and saying it's Antifa. And what I, what I mean by liberal is like disaffected liberal types like me. It's Antifa. We know it is. But it's weird when I see people tweet at journalists like, get your story straight. Here's what really happened. The journalists know what happened. I mean, I assume many of them are just really, really dumb and will see a tweet and just share it without looking for context. But many of these people know they're lying and they're covering up for Antifa because they hate you. They hate regular people. They, they're, they're, many of these journalists, people at like these progressive news websites, I say progressive news website because I'm talking like venture, venture capital funded large outlets with tens of millions of subscribers. They're putting out this stuff and they know they're lying. They think the ends justify the means and they believe in defeating Trumpism by any means necessary. The videos that I saw, I got to say it, it's an escalation. I know every time something like this happens, I'm always saying like, wow, it's worse than it's ever been. What you got to understand is that there's not just one direction. It's not just like, you know, we saw what happened in Portland with that guy, you know, ambushing and killing the Trump supporter. Obviously, that's one of the worst things we've seen. But there's escalation in other areas, notably throwing an explosive at a, a restaurant where people are just eating food at tables. I don't think people realize what's what what Antifa is going to be doing. These are actual like this, this is, you know, Weimar Germany level 
uh, uh, roving bands of paramilitary goon squads attacking regular people who, who are minding their own business. If you look, when you when you talk about the Proud Boys and we see a huge wave of Proud Boys coming in D.C. and they're brawling with Antifa fighting back, the media is like the Proud Boys are attacking us. What do we do? Trump's Trump's paramilitary groups ignoring the fact that the Proud Boys were out there in a march and Antifa attacked all of these people. You see that the media goes nuts. But Antifa is attacking regular people. They're like, like I mentioned, that the woman got sucker punched in the back of the head. There's one guy. Th- th- here's, here's a dispute that's happening right now. There's a video that I think Andy No published of an older guy getting punched, sucker punched, like really fast, just wham. He goes down and then they start kicking his head. Now the left is saying, Psh, of course Andy No wouldn't show you the full context. What a grifter. And then they show a little bit more of the video where the guy is like swinging at people and then someone hits him from behind. And what the left isn't showing you that is, is that in the full video, the Trump supporters were leaving and they were constantly being hit and attacked when finally the old guy turns around and starts telling the people to back off. Then he starts fighting them off when they attack him. Then he gets sucker punched. You see how the game is played? Out of context, out of context, they accuse Andy. Well, Andy's video was a clip. But yes, the guy was sucker punched. And no, the guy didn't start the fight. It's a propaganda war. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, apparently Trump tweeted this morning, Biden won or the other night or whatever. He said he won because the election was rigged, I guess. And now everyone's going, Trump admitted it. He admits it. You know, whatever. I don't know what's going to happen. But I do know that we can't function if people believe there are if if there's two factions for two different presidents. You know what I mean? And I can only imagine that violence is going to get worse. And what people don't realize, too, is that a lot of the worst of the worst in terms of the organizers, the violence, the chaos, it's behind the scenes. You know, these people on the left and the right are geared up, ready to go, but they're hiding. You know, I, I used to talk about, uh, or I, I should say, I have talked quite a bit about the potential for an escalation. And a lot of people always tell me when I mention something like civil war, they get, they, they, first of all, they don't understand what civil war is. They've never actually seen one. They don't understand what a coup is because these people get their, their, their understanding of the world from movies. They get their understanding of a civil war from the American civil war. But a lot of, I've had a lot of people say, Oh, you know, they're, they're, it can't happen because the proud boys fighting Antifa is not most people. The first thing I say is like, listen, it's never most people. It's always factional violence and they're fighting over control of a government. Right now, it looks like Antifa is winning. The extremists on the left, the people who want to destroy the economy, yeah, they're winning. I know, maybe you don't want to hear it, but it's true. Trump had his four years. We will see how this plays out in court. But Trump is now saying Biden won because of a rigged election. It's getting to that point where I think Trump is starting to recognize he's not going to he's not going to make it through this as the president. We will see. I'm hearing a lot of things from a lot of people about how Trump's got a secret plan and, and, you know, the FBI is going to come out and they arrested this guy and that guy and it's coming. And I'm like, OK, dude, if it is fine when it happens, I'll report on it and we'll talk about it. But for now, the far left extremists are roaming the streets, beating regular people. The media is defending them, as always. And Joe Biden, according to the media, is the president elect. So, yeah, the far left extremists seem to be doing fairly well. Now, I'm not, I'm not calling Joe Biden a far left extremist. I think that the Democrats uh, uh, in, in various states are just idiots. 
you know, the, the lockdown is destroying economies, but they don't care because they don't want to take responsibility. It's just more of like a lack of leadership from the likes of Biden or Cuomo or, you know, a, a Wolf or Murray. I'm, I'm sorry, Murphy. These governors that are, put, are, are are instituting these lockdown orders that are destroying the economy, ignoring the science and the World Health Organization. They're just playing dumb because they don't want to take responsibility. So they're like, I don't know, whatever, just do it. And I don't, I don't got to be responsible for this. But then you see the far left extremists and their allies in media and they're, 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 they're gaining ground. I don't know where this brings us, but what the point I was going to make is the people behind the scenes. When people tell me like, oh, the Proud Boys fighting Antifa, I'm like, dude, do you think that the actual extremists are the ones you see on camera? Like I'm talking about there are, there are, there are groups of revolutionary communists. They have, they, that some photos have been released. They don't come out publicly with their rifles, but there is, I, I have seen information about these groups and, and, and notably in the Philadelphia area, there's a group of armed revolutionary communists. They don't go out marching. They're lying in wait. The same is true for right wing groups. I don't know how many there are. I don't know if it's significant. I'm just saying what, what you see in the street is the surface level of, of, of the, of the fighting. I'm not saying there's going to be a civil war. This is what another thing people often, you know, uh, uh, don't get is that we are, uh, in my opinion, the more we see stuff like this, the more things destabilize and we could come to whatever that kind of civil war could be. We've seen states openly defy the federal government. That's crazy. Suing to defend the extremists. And it seems like the pieces are being lined up in such that something could happen. But we don't know when, how, if, whatever. What I can say is. If you want to say that we are in some kind of civil war, it's either cold or it's fifth generational, meaning it's all about a battle for people's minds. And that's why the media is so desperate to defend Antifa and Black Lives Matter as they go around beating old people, because, well, regular people aren't going to be into that. And they need people to go out and vote for Joe Biden, What you got to understand about these elections is it's not just about giving Joe Biden power. It's also like, you know, dipping their toe in to test the waters. Do we have people who support us? It's like a counting heads thing. With all of these votes that come in, they're basically saying, how many people are with us? How many people are with Trump? Beyond that, there's a question of how many people that are with Trump are willing to stand up and fight for what they believe in versus how many people who voted against Trump, because let's be real, they didn't vote for Biden are willing to stand up and fight for what they believe in. Don't know. What I can tell you is, I don't, I, I don't necessarily think this is going to end up with any kind of full-scale street warfare and insurgency, necessarily. I think it's entirely possible. But when you look at the likes of Bill, Bill Barr, the, the DOJ, the FBI, they're not going after these people. They're saying that's white supremacy that's the problem. And so Antifa can go around bashing skulls with impunity. I mean, come on. How many videos have we seen of them throwing explosives at people? And how many people have had their face plastered on TV and on a perp walk for throwing explosives at people? In D.C., they just did this. Where was the D.C. police? Uh, they're out there. They're arresting people, sure. But it's still it's, it's wreaking havoc. Where's the mayor? She likes these people. She's the one who changed the name to, of Lafayette to Black Lives Matter Plaza or whatever. Where's the National Guard? And more importantly, where's Donald Trump? He's still president. He could have called in the National Guard and shut all this down. And I saw a lot of Trump supporters angry with Trump that he wasn't doing it. That's right. 
Trump was just tweeting these the D.C. police do your job. Look at Trump tells D.C. police do your job to deal with Antifa scum at the Million MAGA March attended by a few thousand by few thousand. That's amazing. Daily Mail is going all in anti-Trump now. It also seems like there are a bunch of fair weather uh, media outlets that were supporting Trump. And as soon as it looked like Trump is on the outs, they're like, we're on the other side. We're not with it. We're on the other side because they're scared. These people are spineless. They don't want to. They, they, they no longer want to admit that. Well, the Daily Mail's actually been kind of anti-Trump for a long time, but not this bad. It wasn't a few thousand. OK, estimates even from Trump's haters range from 100 to 200,000 people. I know Kaylee McEnany said over a million people and like a bunch of people said that it's like, I, I don't I don't I don't think so. I mean, I've seen crowds, but I will say I watched a video and I was like, wow, yeah, 200,000 makes sense. And apparently that's the uh, uh some people on the right are saying that's the unofficial numbers from D.C. police. The left is saying 100,000. Fine. Between 100 and two. Let's call it that. You got a lot of people coming out. But what they're saying right now, the Daily Mail is a few thousand as men is stabbed and 20 are arrested in brawls between his supporters and counter protesters. President Trump blasted counter protesters. Is that it? So I tell you, uh, you know, Trump says he encouraged uh, they say Trump encouraged cops don't hold back. But 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 what? Maybe everyone's hoping things calm down. Maybe the hope is that if you just give the left what they want and let these roving bands march around beating regular people, they'll get their fill and will avoid an even worse catastrophe. Wow. If that's the case, the catastrophe already happened. The way I see it, the way I often say it, if we know that the previous administration committed crimes, if we know that Hillary Clinton did by you know having these emails deleted off our server. She, their excuse is that, oh, well, she didn't instruct them to delete it. It was scheduled to delete. And then after she got a subpoena for it, they just went and deleted all this information. If we know that kind of stuff happens, if we know that Antifa is going around throwing explosives at people and they will not arrest them, they will not shut them down, then there's no country. There, if there's no laws, then what do we have? power structures, you get arrested because power, that's what's coming. And we're almost there already. Like the story of the guy in Wisconsin, right? He's chilling in his house Saturday night, probably had a few beers watching some movies when several hundred Black Lives Matter protesters were outside of his house, shining flashlights and screaming. He, he pulled out a shot, or I think it was a shotgun, and he pointed it through the window. The cops immediately run in and arrest him. That's right. A guy in his own home, they come in and arrest him. And we saw this similar mob, some of the same people, some of the same activist leaders previously try to burn down a house because they thought some girls had been kidnapped because they were hanging out with their friends across town. It's about power to these people. And right now there is the, the rule of law in this country is is shattered and it's just a few pieces. It's a husk of its former self, because as we've as we've known for quite some time, policing is all about morality. And what we're watching from the government is, well, the left is getting what they want. Joe Biden is the projected winner. Donald Trump now tweeting this morning. He won because of a rigged election. Perhaps we'll see how this plays out in court. Pro uh, right wing individuals being beaten in the street. Trump supporters, restaurants being attacked. I mean, what's going to happen? Honestly, I don't know, but this is happening. And so long as, you know, the D.C. police will come in because there's a limit. But why aren't the FBI rounding all these people up? The people who are, you know, throwing explosives at restaurants. 
We've seen some arrests. You know, Bill Barr and the DOJ have put out, you know, a list of like 200 people in the past several months. So, you know, it's not like it hasn't happened at all. But when you see a lot of these stories, when you watch these videos over and over and over again, you have to wonder why the FBI hasn't been able to cut the head off the beast. They, we, we know that Antifa does have leaders and organizers. They lie saying they don't because they're trying to hide who their leaders actually are. But it's really easy to find out. Recently, I guess 4chan doxed uh, and created this tree of connections about Antifa and, 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 you know, who's the biggest hubs. We know who's organizing this stuff. And I'm sure the FBI does too. They don't care. What do we get? Sting operation from fringe anarchist groups, you know, extremist groups that wanted to go after the governor of Michigan or whatever. But what about Antifa? There's no, there's been no big bust of these people who are going out, giving out weapons. Like, look, look what happened in, in, in Portland when that dopey guy with the fake bulletproof vest threw the explosive at the building, got arrested. Someone gave him that. Where's the FBI? And this is one of the reasons why I don't want to live in any cities right now. I can't imagine this ends well. And I know already the left is going to be like, it's really irresponsible for Tim to say these things. What am I supposed to say? Not tell you that literally the top news story from last night is massive brawls in D.C. as thousands of people were beating each other in the streets in these in these conflicts. Again, instigated by Antifa, the overwhelming majority uh, of which it was. I'm, I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to. Uh, I can't tell you definitively who started every single fight. I can tell you that Antifa came to a right wing event and then started attacking regular people. You don't see the Proud Boys walking up to elderly women and bashing them in the back of the head. Antifa and Black Lives Matter is doing that. But the media, of course, will only frame it one way. So this stuff happened. A massive, massive street fights breaking out in D.C. Trump tweeting angrily. But where's the National Guard? Where's the police? This stuff is happening. Do we ignore it and hope it goes away? It's not going to. It's only gotten worse. In the past few years, I remember when I was talking about how escalation was coming, there were people saying, no, Tim, it was one event. And now that they're saying Joe Biden is, is the projected winner, I thought it was all supposed to go away. I thought voting for Joe Biden and, and when he was announced the winner, that would be the end of it. It's not. It's going to get worse under Joe Biden. It already is getting worse. They've already vandalized Democrat headquarters saying F Joe Biden. They've already started marching around with signs that say down with fascism and the liberalism that enables it. They don't like Joe Biden and they're emboldened now. You know why? Because Trump was strong. That's right. Many of these leftists were posting things like it's easier to overthrow a feeble old man than a fascist. That's why they wanted Biden. And I've been saying it. They don't want Biden for his policies. They want him for his weakness because Trump is strong or stronger. A lot of Trump supporters are complaining that Trump doesn't seem to be doing anything. He never really has. Or at the very least, that Trump wanted to invoke the Insurrection Act at the peak of the of the riots. And he, he was told not to do it. Perhaps it was the right move. Deputizing local police was a very smart thing to do, resulting in the FBI being able to around, you know, arrest a lot of these people. But now. Trump seems to be on the outs and we have these massive brawls. I can only imagine that under Joe Biden, it's going to get worse. And what they're going to try and do is placate these people. They really thought Kamala Harris would be the one to go after him. She's not. She, she wants to make sure that she can wield that power. It's convenient for them to have street enforcers and they can say it's <laughs> they're criminals. We, we, we denounce the violence. 
Can you, can you say, can you say Antifa and Black Lives Matter? I, I said I denounce all violence, but say Antifa, say Black Lives Matter. I already told you I denounce all violence. You see what they do? They won't do it. Now, to be fair, Trump could absolutely call out many groups and they got him to when he said, you know, when he was asked about the Proud Boys and he said, stand back and stand by or whatever. The fact is the Democrats like the fact they have street level enforcers beating people and it makes them scared to come out. And this is the sad truth. You know what, man? If it is true that, you know, uh, in, on, on the 20th, Joe Biden will be inaugurated. And as I've said the entire time, that seems to be the most likely case. I'm not stupid enough to out to ignore the fact that Trump is fighting this tooth and nail and in court right now. And even Alan Dershowitz says Trump d- can win some of these suits. So we'll see. But I think it's going to be Joe Biden. With that, with that being said, I don't know where we, you know, I don't know where this ends up in terms of people going around beating people, but I will say, so long as they have been doing this, the Trump supporters who, uh, the secret Trump supporters who refuse to speak up have contributed to his defeat. And, and I warned about this because I know a lot of celebrities who never spoke up. They kept saying how they supported the president, how they voted for him, but they were too scared to say anything. Okay. Now the roving bands of extremists are emboldened. They're going to keep doing what they do. The president we have uh, coming in, Joe Biden, presumably, is pathetic and weak and is phoning it in. Kamala Harris is going to do anything. She likes the roving bands. And now it's going to get worse for everybody. You see, by beating people in the street and threatening their jobs, it worked. It means that you wouldn't go out and tell your neighbors you have to fight this. Instead, you said, I don't don't like him. You don't like him either, right? I don't like him either. And that was it. I've had so many conversations. I have no problem saying who I voted for. I voted for Trump and the Republicans. And I talked to so many of my friends before and during, and I kept telling them. And I had a few friends be like, yeah, man, you know, I think I'm going to vote for Trump. And then after the election, now I have a bunch of friends being like, I can't believe I voted for Joe Biden. I'm laughing. I'm like, what did you think I was telling you? Do you think I was making things up when I cover this stuff? When I talk about it? Imagine the power of some of these celebrities. If they actually came out and said no, pushed back on cancel culture, which is the far left's tactic to scare people into submission. We will ta- we will unperson you if you dare speak up about how you really feel. It's too late now. The votes are in. We'll see if Trump can pull it off. But when he needed your support more than ever, these secret Trump voters hid in the shadows and said, you do the fighting for me. Well, don't expect anyone to do the fighting for you when you live under the boot of these of these lunatics marching around beating random people. It's only a matter of time before you are one of these diners who gets an explosive thrown at them. Maybe, maybe, maybe it won't be soon. You know, maybe, maybe it'll never happen. I mean, it's not like they're going after literally every person, but we've seen them go to people's homes and attack them. It's already happened. They're emboldened now. There is a feeble, old, sad, tired man who is, we're told, going to be entering the presidency. And I can only say that based on what we're seeing with the lockdowns and the riots, we have pathetic and weak leadership right now. Why? Well, the American people voted for it. And I know a lot of people are going to say fraud. There are still American people who voted for it. And outside of that, there are secret Trump voters. What do we have, like 10 million who refused to speak up to defend what they believed in? And if you don't stand for anything, you'll fall for anything. And now... All of these people who refuse to stand up, well, you've given up. You refuse to speak up. You've given up. And now we're going to see more and more media 
blame the right as they're the ones being beaten. They're going to blame, uh, uh, you know, uh, the Proud Boys, who are the only ones who are out there fighting back. And I'll tell you this, I'm not a fan of the violence. I'm not a fan of Proud Boys going out to these places. Like I said at the beginning, they go to Portland. You can't do that. But what I'm talking about right now is a bunch of people peacefully marching through the streets. And the only videos we have where there's actual like mutual combat is when the Proud Boys get attacked and fight back. Not that I'm a fan of it. I'm not at all. I think, you know, I don't, I don't, there, there's no solution here. There's literally none because the Trump supporters have a right to go out and wave their flags and Antifa is going to beat them and get away with it. So then what? I have no idea. Pretty sure if you go on Facebook and say that, you know, anything positive about, about the Proud Boys, you will be banned. You can't do it. You see, it's all being lined up and it's working. They didn't want Trump to win. And now they're emboldened. They're empowered. And I can only imagine it's going to get substantially worse as time goes on. I guess I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. I'll see you all then. Just after election night, when the Democrats said that there's going to be more absentee votes coming in for Joe Biden, we have to start counting because we couldn't before. I tweeted the Democrats would now find the votes they needed for Joe Biden to overtake Donald Trump and win. This wasn't a controversial opinion, at least it wasn't supposed to be, because we all knew about the red mirage. They'd been telling us for weeks Donald Trump will appear to win on election night, and that's how it looked. And then once they start counting the mail and, and absentee ballots, it will switch to Joe Biden. And it did. And all of these lefties were like, what do you mean by find votes, Tim? And then Twitter flagged my tweet put one of these disputed things on it and made it so you couldn't comment or retweet it. I literally just meant they were going to count the votes and they would find it. I wasn't insinuating any kind of like digging in the ground to discover ballots, you know, at the bottom of a rainbow. I meant they're going to start, they're going to pull up the votes. They're going to, they're going to find what they need. It's that simple. And I wasn't the only one who said it. I think it's hilarious how selective enforcement is, is applied on Twitter. How dare you say the Democrats will find the votes they need? But if Democrats say, well, well now we're going to start counting the absentee ballots and certainly we'll find the votes that Joe Biden needs to overtake Donald Trump. That one's fine, right? Sure. Well, I must admit, fine, Twitter. I was wrong. They weren't going to find votes for Joe Biden. That's correct. In fact, they're finding votes for Republicans. Uh-oh. <laughs> what happened? From State House Dome, unionleader.com, State House recount, find votes, not fraud. But who are the votes for? Republicans, of course. The story from Union Leader says there is no evidence of widespread voter fraud in New Hampshire. It is also true that nearly every election recount finds votes. Oh, does it? Many of these votes, votes serve as when both sides agree on the intent of a voter. That means they agree to count the vote of a person who didn't exactly follow proper instructions, which kept a machine from counting it. Another common error is data entry, which involves an election worker entering a number on the vote total summary that doesn't, uh, summary sheet that doesn't match the number that should have been reported. That's what appears to have happened in Merrimack in Executive Council District 5. After the election, Local officials reported totals for Milford Republican David Wheeler and Nasha Democratic Councilor Deborah Pignatelli, which Secretary of State Bill Gardner's staff posted online. The Wheeler campaign then let Gardner's office know those weren't the numbers they had from the town. State election officials then issued corrected totals for Merrimack, which gave Wheeler an additional 1,600 votes and Pignatelli another 380. 
In Wyndham, after the recount of a House race last week, all four winning Republicans received at least 297 additional votes. In the recount, one of the four defeated Democrats lost 99 votes, but three other Democrats made small pickups of 18 to 28 voters. This means, my friends, it is extremely likely if we do a hand recount in, well, to be honest, anywhere, you're going to find way more votes for Republicans, it would seem. And don't tell me why, but at least in this jurisdiction, that's what we're seeing. In Michigan and Georgia, we had these glitches. Now, Dominion, the, the, the controversial, I guess, voting system, which is being called out by Trump's lawyers, say it wasn't our fault votes got switched. I do think it's kind of hilarious. There are a bunch of stories coming out saying there's no evidence that any votes were flipped from Trump to Biden. But we literally have the story in Michigan where it happened. In, and uh, I think it was um, Antrim County. Maybe I'm getting the name wrong, where they found 6000 votes that went to Biden that should have been for Trump. In fact, one local politician, a Republican who they said had lost, turns out he actually won. Well, the Trump campaign is saying, and rightly so, if you have real concerns about these voting machines and we've seen a glitch in one instance, well, we probably should audit the count. And I think it's a fair point. I do. Whether or not we have enough time to actually get it done, we'll see. But in the context of this story, well, there's an there's an inherent problem for Trump. Now, look, if we if we look at this and see that upon recounting ballots, the Republicans did way better, something seems off. Shouldn't it be kind of equal between both voter like both candidates? Just like what's the difference between the Democrat and the Republican? If the voting machines were not properly ca- calculating these things, that's what, what some of them were. Then shouldn't it be like a general bump of a certain percentage for both candidates? No. As it turns out, the Republicans, for some reason, got a huge boost and the Democrats didn't. Strange, isn't it? Yossi Gestenter, Gestetner says, just wow, a recount in New Hampshire for a county legislative seat gave the Dem an additional 380 votes and the GOP, uh, GOP added 1,600. In Wyndham, New Hampshire, a recount added a few hundred votes per seat where only eight to 9,000 people voted. That's a huge percentage. It is. I think it's like, what does he end up saying? Um, the average is around 5%. Well, actually, I can read it. He says, look at New Hampshire's state assembly district covering four seats. Voters in a district choose four, if, underst- if I understand it correctly. The most competitive seat at first had 8,936 votes. 198 were added. 8,020 votes were given to the least competitive seat. 316 were added. He says, insane numbers out of a New Hampshire state rep district. A GOP first had 5,256. Recount added a 5.6% jump. Another had a 6.3% rise. The next had 5.6. Another had 6.6. For the Democrats, 0.65, A loss of 2.2%. Now, what does this mean? I don't know. Maybe it means uh, impropriety or fraud. Sure. Maybe it also means that some of the many of the voters that are voting for Trump were first time voters. And many of them maybe didn't know how to properly fill out mail or absentee ballots or even in person ballots. And thus, once they actually audited the votes, they found, hey, wait a minute. These are actually leaning Republican, which kind of presents an interesting conundrum for Trump. Now, If Trump actually does a recount and scores a 5% net gain on average, Trump will win in a landslide. I mean, 5% isn't enough 
for Donald Trump, I think. Actually, you know what? Yeah, it's not enough for Trump to beat Joe Biden in the popular count, um, obviously. But it may be enough for him to win in these swing districts and change the, the landscape of the Electoral College. What we're seeing in New Hampshire is a microcosm. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the same across the board in every single state. But this, I think it presents a very serious problem. Democrats are not getting the same boost that Republicans are. So Republicans, you need to call for a hand recount and audit across the board. If Trump gains 5% in Georgia, he wins. In Pennsylvania, he wins, period. I mean, the, the, the margins there are less than a percent in Georgia. In, in Pennsylvania, I think it's around 8%. Trump gains 5% of the vote. That'll, that'll shift the split easily. That's going to be a ridiculous amount of votes. I don't think, I, I look, I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I tell you, that's, that, that's very serious. But let me, let me, let me, let me say this. I know a lot of the Trump supporters are saying widespread voter fraud. There's evidence it's going to come out by all means. I'm not saying there isn't. I've seen evidence of, uh, I've seen the evidence of fraud in the sworn affidavits. And now I'll say, bring it on. Sidney Powell, Trump's lawyer, has said they've got so much evidence coming at them. It's like coming out of fire hose. And I'm like, awesome. Wow. Crazy. I look forward to you releasing it so I can go through it. Cause for now, I don't know what you want me to say. You told me you have evidence. I'm interested. I'm definitely interested. I'm excited. Absolutely. I'm hopeful. But until then, what am I supposed to do? I can't do it. So I hope that, well, I hope the evidence comes out for sure. But anyway, here's the point. You get all these, you got all these Trump supporters saying uh, voter fraud. And a lot of them, the, the, the diehard Trump supporters are not happy with me for, I guess, having the attitude that I'm having. I, I guess I'm supposed to say Trump won no matter what. We must resist fraud at all costs. Well, listen, I don't know what's going to happen. I want to see the evidence. I've always ever insisted on having the evidence. But I will tell you this. I think what Trump has on his side, two things outside of outside of the fraud stuff. For one, there's always going to be some failure, impropriety and fraud. When they say there's no widespread voter fraud, the real question is there systemic voter fraud. Like, are there intentional efforts in various counties to use fraud to flip the election? Is the software uh, code tampered with? And I guess I'll tell you this, considering we're talking about the president of the United States, maybe Dominion voting software should have uh, their, their, their source code should be audited by someone who knows. And it won't be released to the public. It's proprietary fine. But I kind of don't like the idea of proprietary voting systems, you know, being used in public elections. We'll see how that plays out. But ultimately, when you have prop, when you have a massive country like this, like the United States, you're going to have problems. You're going to have failure. Typically, the margins aren't close enough for anyone to really care. Now, it does matter. You got Brian Stelter going on TV saying Newsmax is, is, is you know, spewing disinformation, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, OK, Brian, listen, there are certainly people. There was like a clip he shot on Newsmax where a guy says Trump did win and he'll get another four years. It's possible. I'm not here to predict the future. I'll give you my thoughts on what might happen. I always do. Joe Biden becomes the president. Is that satisfactory, Brian? But there is a possibility. Newsmax's ratings are skyrocketing. Anyway, anyway, the point I'm trying to make is we typically don't care about all of these bits of uh, miscounts. Like, let's not even call it fraud. Miscount. There, there was a miscount. Five percent. OK, that's serious. Maybe it won't be that high, but maybe it matters. And Trump is right to go through it to make sure the will of the people is met. I think that makes sense. Trump right now is scrutinizing the election in a way it hasn't been in a long time since Bush v. Gore. It should be. 
It absolutely should be. And if and, and, and here's my, my position is, I think the Democrats are awful. I think they've gone insane. I disagree with many Republicans on their on their political positions. But you know what? They haven't gone insane. I just disagree. I can I can live with people I disagree with. I can't live with insane people. So I want the Republicans to succeed. I voted for them. And I'm an independent left leaning individual when it comes to policy positions. Watch, we'll have a progressive on my IRL show and you're going to be like, you're going you're to see us agreeing on so much, just not on the direction of the Democratic Party because they've gone insane. So I want Trump to scrutinize this and I want him to to dot every I and, and cross every T and go through and figure out, is this what's happening in New Hampshire going to be replicated across the board? Now, Trump is concerned right now. They're doing the full hand recount in Georgia. His concern is that they're not verifying the signatures. And that's apparently some bill that got put in for some reason, I guess. And that's to me is insane. They shouldn't just go through another canvas like counting ballots. We need, to, we, we need a full audit. We need a full audit of all of these votes to figure out what, you know, really happened. I don't like machine vote counting. I think it's lazy. You know, what's really bothering me is a lot of these media outlets saying Trump, what Trump is doing is dangerous. He's he's jamming up that transition process and it's dangerous. Shut up. No, it isn't. The Constitution says the 14th is when certification happens. Until then, what transition process? That's so ridiculous that you demand Trump just concede. Well, he's not gonna and good. I'm glad he's not. But I'll tell you this. I said I don't like the Democrats. I think they're nuts. If it comes to the point where we've exhausted all legal methods and Trump loses, what do you want me to do? What, what, what do you think is going to happen? I don't know. I'm going to shrug and be like, sometimes you lose. What's what, what did someone say? Sometimes you own the lib. Sometimes the libs own you. These aren't liberals, though. It's not fair. I'm a liberal. I'm a social liberal. I've been most of my life. What the Democratic Party is, is some kind of amalgamation. It's like a bizarro Frankenstein monster of nonsensical ideas all mashed together. You can't have religious zealotry, ideological zealotry, progressivism all mashed into one pot because these people don't agree with each other. It's weird. And because of it, they've created this weird like system of intersectionality. Not a fan. Don't want it to happen. What, what am I supposed to do if, if they exhaust all legal paths and then we're out and, you know, and then Trump loses? Well, then Trump's that. There you go. You know, what? I can't stand I can't stand the Russiagate stuff. For years, they screamed Russia nonstop over and over again. Nancy Pelosi said the election was stolen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now when I see Trump supporters saying the same thing, I say, OK, hey, tit for tat, huh? How am I supposed to get mad at Trump support at Trump supporters for saying that they feel cheated in this election when I went through Russiagate and I entertained Democrats saying the election was stolen. I said, OK. And that was insane to suggest that a new the, the duly elected president was secretly working for the Russians going back to 1980s as if the Soviet Union never collapsed, says Jonathan Chait on MSNBC. I entertained all of that. And I'm more than happy to entertain any and all accusations, allegations, evidence, affidavits from Trump supporters as it pertains to what's going on with this election. Of course, because. I want to be fair. And you know what? If Joe Biden ends up getting inaugurated, I insist we get a special counsel, a, a special prosecutor to investigate him and Ukraine and his son's dealings. All of it. Go for it. And I want the same level of scrutiny. Sure. Fair is fair, right? They're in, 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 in dialing things back and going back in time to where we are now. Things are not resolved. 
We, we don't yet know who the president will be. And as much as I've said for the 50 billionth time, I do think it's going to be Joe Biden. I think it's, you know, astronomical odds. We are seeing something. Some, there's some kind of funny. There's, there's some funny stuff going on, like Nate Silver. He's all mad because the betting odds are that nine, nine percent chance Trump could actually win still like through the Electoral College. And he's like, no, it's over. Trump can't win. It's like, dude, Trump is suing to negate votes. And there are some secret weapons. I can't I can't bring some of these things up yet. But there's some um, legal speculation afoot about a pathway that Trump could nullify votes. All long shots. But Trump didn't lose yet. They want him to. They want him to bow out and give up. But why do you think people voted for this guy? Because he won't. Now, that being said, let me let me let me just clarify this last point uh, on, on the New Hampshire thing before we move to the next funny bit. If we're seeing a 5% flip uh, gain for many of the Republicans and not for Democrats, stands to reason this may be replicated in other places. What this means is the machines didn't count some votes. By doing an audit, they were like, hey, wait a minute, this one didn't get counted. Then the Democrat and the Republican look at it and say, oh, yeah, that's a Republican vote. And then 5% bump. Imagine if Trump gained that. So that's why I think recount has to happen. An audit has to happen. And... I'm actually scared of what the left will do. if It turns out Trump really did win. And we learn this in a re-canvas and then we get this major, these major bumps in all these states and then Trump wins. It'd be crazy. But Trump tweeted something this morning and now the media is going nuts. Trump finally admits that Biden won the rigged and stolen election, but says it was rigged and stolen. I, I, you said that already, Daily Mail, by Dems in furious Sunday morning tweet storm and then says, I concede nothing. So Trump tweeted, he won because the election was rigged. No vote watchers or observers allowed. Vote tabulated by a radical left privately owned company, Dominion, with a bad reputation and bum equipment that couldn't even qualify for Texas, which I won by a lot. The fake and silent media and more. Interesting. Uh, Reportedly, Texas rejected Dominion voting machines because they couldn't be certified. There's also reports that the Dominion machines in Georgia got a last minute update just before the election, which I believe violates certification rules. Maybe these are all paths for Trump to actually challenge the results. I don't know what the Supreme Court's going to decide, but it could get bad. It could get spicy. Well, anyway, everyone's focusing on the first two words. He won. Here's what I tweeted, because I love Twitter. You're all, you're all so special on Twitter. Everybody on Twitter, you're all special. I said, Trump said, uh, the people are bringing up that Trump says he won. And that may be. But Twitter says the claim about the election is disputed. The election fraud. So I said, checkmate Twitter. And then all these people were like, it says election fraud, Tim. You're so dumb. And some people were like, he was saying he won because of the rigging, which means he didn't win. I'm like, you're all so special. Yeah, I know. It wasn't serious. It was just, it was just me posting. uh, It was an S post. I can't swear. We don't swear on YouTube. So then Trump follows up with, he only won in the eyes of the fake news media. I concede nothing. We have a long way to go. This was a rigged election. All right. Maybe I expect Trump to fight to the, to, to the bitter end until the very last breath. I'm glad he is. And, um, the diehard Trump base are absolutely adamant that he does and good. Uh, even like moderate Trump supporters I know are like, no, it's a good thing. And I've even heard from some like disaffected liberal types saying we need to go through all this. Of course, the Democrats don't want it. They're like, just give up, submit. Why won't you submit? They're even crying, even though they're 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 on the winnings. Like if they're, they're they're projected winners, you're still seeing people like Van Jones cry. 
and they're pouting and angry and slamming their fists and they're rioting in D.C. Why? Calm down. We're going through the process. Why are you so adamant that we don't do a, a manual recount or a hand recount? Maybe it's because Trump really did win. I mean, 5% can be significant, but they're, they're freaking out. There's a lot more lawsuits that are to come. Uh, I have this, this story from the Gateway Pundit, and I always say this every time I pull it up. Not a fan. I think the Gateway Pundit uh, publishes way too much like bad information. I'll put it that way. Like the easy way to put it is they jump the gun. They don't get verification, things like that. So I don't really use them. But however, this story is literally just Sidney Powell, Trump's lawyer on uh, Maria Bartiromo's show, Sunday Morning Futures, where they say that there's a new Trump lawsuit targeting the voting machine firm. I haven't been able to confirm uh, yet because this has just come out this morning that Trump's legal team is suing Dominion itself. But Sidney Powell, Trump's lawyer, says, we have so much evidence, I feel like it's coming in through a fire hose. We have evidence from 2016 in California. All right, good. She said, we're fixing to overturn the results of the election in multiple states. And President Trump won by not just hundreds of thousands of votes, but by millions of votes that were shifted by the software that was designed expressly for that purpose. We have sworn witness testimony of why the software was designed. It was designed to rig elections. He was fully briefed on it. He saw it happen in other countries. It was exported internationally for profit by the people that are behind the Smartmatic and Dominion. Okay, I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, I don't know what to expect. And like I said, I think in the end, we're, it's going to be Joe Biden. Call me crazy. Call me wrong. Say I'm giving up. I'm just telling you what I think because the machine churns. I didn't think Trump was going to win in the first place. But who cares about my opinion? If you don't like my opinion, fine. Ignore it. Tell me I'm wrong. We'll see what evidence Sidney Powell releases and Rudy Giuliani. And when I talk to people, you know, and I say, like, doesn't it seem like they're kind of just firing wildly and trying to get whatever can land to land? They're like, it's a trick. It's the art of war. Trump Trump wrote the book, The Art of the Deal, right? Yeah, because he understands the art of war. Okay. All right. I'm not one of those people who thinks Trump is always playing 4D chess, but I've seen Trump manipulate the media. And I will tell you this. It would be smart of Trump to act like he's failing when he's secretly winning and to lose a bunch of minor lawsuits that are meaningless that for some reason, I'll put it this way, Trump sued over some things that would net him like 10 votes. And people are like, why is he doing this? It's pathetic because maybe they want to make sure that no one knows exactly what their actual path to victory is. Where's the real lawsuit that needs to be challenged? Well, when I'm covering riots, I always say, look for the helicopters. You follow, you find where the helicopter is. That's where your riot is, right? Look for where the left is going nuts. It's the ACLU targeting their Pennsylvania lawsuit on 14th Amendment grounds. All these other lawsuits seem to be a distraction, but I don't know. Maybe Trump's got a a secret plan. Maybe you got to trust the plan. We'll see what happens when the evidence comes out. I look forward to seeing it and I'm, I'm, I'm eager, eager to. We'll see. In the end, the most important thing, however, outside of the fraud and the evidence uh, uh, claims, you got to take a look at this 5%. This is where the fight, I think, needs to be happening right now. Hand recounts audited because Republicans may get a major bump by doing so. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. It is my main channel, different from this one. Check it out, and I will see you all. Ladies and gentlemen, I have major breaking news. I, I, I can't believe what I'm reading. But according to the Daily Mail, the New York Post and several other outlets, my friends, Joe Biden might be corrupt. 
I know, I know many of you have probably just gasped and maybe even fallen out of your chairs, unable to process what I have just said. Our beloved Uncle Joe, Vice President to Barack Obama, crooked as they come? I can't believe it. Well, I think it might be true. Joe Biden's cancer charity spent more than $3.7 million on staff salaries, but distributed zero towards research grants over two years. Tax filings reveal. Documents show the charity received $4.8 million and spent $3 million on staff salaries in 2017 and 18. Uh-huh. And the uh, charity's president received $429,000 in 2018. The Biden Cancer Initiative spent nearly $1 million on travel and conference expenses in those two fiscal years. Joe and Jill Biden founded the charity in 2017 after Beau Biden died of a brain cancer diagnosis. Zero towards research. Wow. My friends, I actually used to be a director at a nonprofit. I was a director in training at a couple other fundraising outfits. I did events and marketing, working directly with the cash flow for these organizations. And I will give you my personal opinion based on what I am reading. Joe Biden's crooked. I know, I know I did a bit in the beginning, but the reality is, yeah, I know Biden Inc. We knew he was crooked. You see, this is, in my opinion, a very clever way to launder money. Now, launder, not necessarily in the sense like Biden went and robbed some, you know, someone's piggy bank and then shuffled that money into his charity, but that if you want to clean money from a source, say a bribe, I'm not accusing anybody of anything, but let's, let's say this. You got Joe Schmo over here and he works for the government. Let's say he's a local, uh, I don't know, a food and drug administration's rep of some sort. Well, drug company says, yay, we got this drug that we want legal in this country. And we're going to make millions upon billions of dollars. The only problem is we got this little teeny weeny side effect that <laughs> makes people go blind. Can you pass it for us? Most people will be okay. Tell you what, we'll sweeten the pot. Now, we can't bribe you. That would be illegal. But I couldn't help but notice you got a cancer research charity. Well, you know, we're actually looking for some write-offs and uh, we'll put it in the portfolio. Then the FDA guy goes, wow, yeah, yeah, I, I, I do. I do, you know, uh, uh, sit on the board of this charity. It's so great that you'd want to help poor children <laughs> with cancer. So the dude approves the drug that's not all that safe and tells everybody it is a small handful of people go blind. But hey, the drug ends up helping, I guess, not everybody. Well, how does he get that bribe money? It's actually kind of simple. The donation went to the nonprofit. It's dispersed through salaries. Well, that's legal work. I work for a nonprofit. We got to go to conference and talk and fundraise. Where does all this money come from? Why does Joe Biden's new nonprofit bring in millions of dollars, and then only pay out salaries. Now, again, I'm not accusing Joe Biden of anything, but I'm telling you, that's exactly how it works. When I worked for one nonprofit, I was surprised to find that while they were claiming half of the money donated, which is really bad, by the way, goes to the actual cause, it should be something like 90% go to the goes to the cause and 10% administrative. Well, I was surprised to find it would appear clever accounting. It was zero. Like most of these nonprofits, here's what you understand. A nonprofit can say, donate to us, we do research. 
And then they give 8% or some microscopic amount to actual research and just pay their exorbitant salaries and say, but we're building awareness. That's the name of the game. In reality, a nonprofit, notably a 501c3, is a good way to launder money because of tax-exempt status. You don't necessarily need to be tax-exempt. You could do the same thing through an LLC. But donating to an LLC doesn't quite make sense. And it gives someone else a tax write-off. There's a couple of different nonprofits, uh, nonprofits we have filings, 501c4 and 501c3. A 501c4 doesn't have to disclose their money, but I believe 501c4 can't be political. A 501c3 has to publicly disclose in what's called a 990. When I see that Joe Biden dispersed almost all of their money, a good portion in salaries and zero in research, my personal opinion is that Biden is likely taking money from somewhere and then, you know, cleaning it by running it through a nonprofit. Again, I have no evidence he's actually doing that. But having worked personally in nonprofits, it seems kind of dirty, doesn't it? A lot of the world's biggest nonprofits, you'd be surprised to do this. Now, I'll tell you what isn't a red flag, in my opinion. They're paying this guy. They mentioned that one guy ends up getting a salary of 400 and whatever thousand dollars. Do they say? Where is it at? They say Gregory Simon, the charity's president, received 429000 in fiscal year 2018. That's actually not a red flag at all. Now, the fact that they're not giving to any charities to, to like research and stuff is, but high salaries, totally normal. And hear me out. So I worked for I worked for these nonprofits and often you'll hear tricks. They, they, some of these bigger nonprofits have a trick where they'll say something like, I only receive compensation of $40,000 a year because, you know, we care about the cause. But what they actually do is they'll run two different nonprofits, a 501c4 and a 501c3. And they'll do something. They'll call it like, uh, you know, let's see, they'll call it uh, mountain mountain charity environment trees, whatever. Then they'll create Mountain Environment Charity Trees Fund, and the fund pays out massive exorbitant salaries. That's a way to get around. They do these PR tricks. But the reality is when it comes to CEOs of nonprofits, they'll probably get paid well because they have to be competitive. And if you really want the nonprofit to succeed, you want the best talent. And that means you got to pay a lot of money. So I have no problem with people getting high salaries at nonprofits. Otherwise, those people would just be like, I'm going to go make money at a for-profit. Well, we want people to work for, for charities that raise money for cancer, right? We got to pay them well. And this dude getting four and something thousand as the president, actually not that much considering it's a, it's a nonprofit making, you know, millions of dollars. But you'd expect some of that money to go to something, right? They say Gregory Simon, that's the guy they, they mentioned his salary, Simon, who spearheaded the Obama administration's cancer task force, was paid nearly double his 2017 earnings. Danielle Carnival, the former chief of staff of Obama's cancer moonshot task force, was paid 258000 The director of communications, science and policy, blah, 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 was receiving six-figure salaries. The tax filing showed the Biden Cancer Initiative spent $56,000 on conference and 59000 on travel in the 2017 tax filings. You see, I'm sorry, man. My opinion is... I don't see uh, good intentions here. I don't. It's so easy for someone in government to be like, I have a nonprofit. Donate to my nonprofit. Thanks. Your pipeline's approved. You see how it works? They say the Biden Cancer Initiative was created after Bo died. Uh, Biden led Obama's task force. After leaving office in 2017, the Biden Cancer Initiative continued in its quest to find cancer treatments. The Biden Cancer Initiative will develop and drive implementation of solutions 
to accelerate progress in cancer prevention, detection, diagnosis, research, and care, and to reduce disparities in cancer outcomes, said a press release from that year. Take a look at what he said. It will, uh, the initiative will develop and drive implementation of solutions to accelerate progress. What is a solution to accelerate progress? A meeting, of course. And well, in these meetings, you can talk about anything you want. You know, like your pipeline. You see how it works? I'm not making any accusations. The board of directors included NFL sideline reporter Aaron Andrews and Jimmy Taboo Gomez, a cancer survivor and musician from the Black Eyed Peas. The Biden Cancer Initiative suspended operations in July 2019 as Joe Biden became further entrenched in the contentious 2020 election battle. Today, we are suspending activities given our unique circumstances. We remain personally committed to the cause. But at this time, we'll have to pause efforts, Simon told the Associated Press. Now, look, that's good that they didn't carry on. You know, the Clinton Foundation operated while she was still Secretary of State. But I guess it's different if you're going to be the president and you've got to disclose assets. There was a story a while ago about I think it was Mark Zuckerberg. They said he donated most of his money. And then it was, uh, well, he donated most of his money to an LLC that he owns. And all these people were like, he's doing the right thing. You actually looked at what he was doing and a bunch of other rich people who joined this initiative to donate their money. They're actually just protecting it. I tell you, man, it's so easy. And these loopholes, unfortunately, you can't close them. You really, really can't. Because the only way to close them would be to be like full on communist. If someone has a right to own a business or a nonprofit, they can raise money for it. And intent is, excuse me, invisible. We don't know why these donations came in. And unless there's something on paper saying, I hereby accept a bribe, then you're never going to know. I will say maybe we should have something where it's like when you're in public office, you should remove yourself from any and all charities. The only problem is family members, you can't close the loopholes. You know, you could have a brother or a mother or a father or a cousin start the nonprofit, and then they could even have a different last name. And then you could say, we'd like you to donate to this charity for your write-offs. You did? Your pipeline's approved. You see how it works? There's always going to be corruption. The goal, I guess, is to mitigate it. I'm not outright accusing the Biden nonprofit or whatever. I'm just saying, having worked in these nonprofits, I don't like how that looks. They accomplished nothing, operate for two years and then shut down. You know, I gave you my opinion on it. Whatever. I got a couple more segments coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I will see you all shortly. They tried to ban the book and I got good news, everybody. It was initially reported. Target bans book after complaints from random accounts on Twitter. The book Irreversible Damage by Abigail Schreier. It says the transgender craze seducing, uh, actually, let me see. I can't read it. Our daughters. Okay, there you go. That's Abigail, Abigail Schreier. She's extremely controversial. And I, I think it's really dumb to say controversial. Just because people don't like someone, they instantly become controversial. And then I'm controversial and you're controversial. And it's all kind of dumb. But Abigail appeared on the Joe Rogan uh, experience talking about something called, I believe it's rapid onset gender dysphoria. This idea that peer pressure and social pressures trends are causing young, young girls to become transgender. I am not asserting that as truth. I'm just telling you what this book is about. I believe that's what it's about. I could be wrong, but I, it's, it's in line with that idea. Well, on Twitter, someone complained. So Twitter said, we're pulling the book. And then someone complained. And then Twitter said, we are bringing the book back. Score one for the good guys. Oh, I know. 
The left is probably freaking out, saying knowledge must be forbidden. We can't let the rabble learn things. They might agree with them. Heaven help us if common folk get access to information. Remember how things used to be? Well, you don't remember because we didn't live during those times for the most part. But we know from history that, yeah, the authority didn't like it when people learned stuff. Because when they learned stuff, they realized, hey, wait a minute, y'all can't do that. Ideas are like viruses. Or idea viruses, I guess, are called memes. Meme, it's like idea genes. Ideas can spread. You know, a lot of people don't realize this. Liberalism, classical liberalism, had to be thought up. There was a period where people thought there was authority from divine providence that simply because the king said God wills it so that they were in charge. And then people started to realize and then it went back and forth. I know that, you know, we had democracy in ancient Rome and Greece and whatever. And then eventually we got divine monarchy, divine right. But eventually people were like, yo, I kind of think we're all granted these rights. And for all of their faults, the founding fathers recognizing this still, for political reasons, allowed slavery in many instances. Many of them actually owned slaves because uh, I don't think they quite understood. You know, I, th- I think it was a product of their society at the time. While there have been, you know, some, many of the founding fathers who wrote against it, that's just the way things were. But I tell you this, for all their faults, they planted those seeds that brought us forth. Knowledge, it's the key. It will set you free. Well, here was the first story from Post Millennial. They say, Target has removed Abigail Schreier's timely and well-researched book, Irreversible Damage, from their selection after what, what appears to be a few complaints from transgender activists on Twitter. A Twitter account with roughly 1,300 followers that uses an Antifa slogan, ACAB, in their handle, tweeted to Target, I think the trans community deserves a response from Target as to why they're selling this book about the transgender epidemic sweeping the country. Trigger warning, transphobia. Target responded saying, thank you so much for bringing this to our attention. We have removed this book from our assortment. She replied, Target.com just made my book disappear. Does it bother anyone that woke activists and spineless corporation now determine what Americans are allowed to read? Another account with around 2,600 followers tweeted, In 2016, Target, you released a statement affirming your support for transgender customers. Why you're, uh, Ask Target why you're selling a book notorious for its harmful rhetoric against us. Historically, harmful products have been pulled from the shelf, and this should be too. Encouraged by their success and the immediate reaction by Target, dozens of fellow activists celebrated in the tweet threads, while the ACAB account protected their tweets. Schreier's book, Irreversible Damage, has a nearly five-star rating on Amazon with 82% positive reviews and is number one in LGBT demographic studies, as well as a bestseller in several other categories. I read this book and walked away feeling informed, frustrated, and deeply moved. Schreier interviewed people from all across the spectrum, from parents of trans teenagers, including a progressive lesbian couple, to transgender adults and influencers, to experts and medical professionals in the field. This is a remarkably honest and well-researched book that does nothing more than tell the story of young women who jumped into transition too quickly, encouraged by the movement. This book is necessary because it provides a different point of view on what has become a monolithic public narrative that challenges what LGBT activists demand as the only acceptable position to hold. It tells the story from the point of view of both transgender people and the families of transgender people. It is compelling, moving, and incredibly informative. Opposition to this point has relied exclusively on labeling it transphobic 
and dangerous based on this intolerance to different differing views regarding transgender issues. It's exactly the type of book that should be included in a diverse spectrum of arguments. Hence the good news. You see, over on Twitter, the ACAB account says, I think the trans community deserves a response as to why they're selling this book. Target said, thank you so much for bringing this to our attention. We have removed it. Followed by Animal IG saying, promote diversity of thought, Target. Do not submit to Stalinist thought policing. The marketplace of ideas will either lift up or destroy the book on its own. And Target responded. Yesterday, we removed a book from Target.com based on feedback we received. We want to offer a broad assortment for our guests and are adding this book back to Target.com. We apologize for any confusion. Amazing. Very amazing. And there it is. Target.com. Irreversible damage by Abigail Schreier. Hardcover. Sold out. Man, I couldn't even buy a copy. What a bummer. Well, hopefully Abigail makes a good amount of money for the hard work she put into this and because of the woke insanity that caused damage initially. Congratulations to Target on doing the right thing. You know, I see a lot of posts about this, and I have to wonder what these lunatic authoritarians are thinking. First of all, the book exists. You can't stop knowledge. What are you going to do? Nothing. Even if you get the book banned, people can just download it. You're not making it. You're not making the information information unattainable. You're actually Streisand affecting it. But that's their plan, I guess. They don't like the idea that some people can actually learn things. They don't like the idea that ideas can spread. You ever see Stargate? In Stargate, most of you are probably familiar. They find this Stargate. <laughs> it's a portal that brings them to another planet where there are a bunch of humans, and it's like kind of Egyptian or whatever. You see. On their planet, on like our planet in the movie, and this is, just hear me out, Stargate's cool. On Earth, the people that were doing the labor for these aliens learned. They learned to read. So on this other planet, written language was forbidden. And these people remained good, mindless little slaves. They got scared when people would draw things. No, you can't do it. It's forbidden. You'll get in trouble. It's obvious. The truth shall set you free, and we all know it. And thus they do everything in their power to make sure we don't get access to information. Now it's true, there's misinformation and disinformation, and it can cause very serious problems and have very serious real-world consequences. But the best, the best <clears throat> way to deal with bad information is good information. The response should be, how about this, Target? Show a different book, similar items. How about that? Let people buy and learn what they want to learn. To be fair and to be honest, I do think that we should be concerned about misinformation and disinformation, but I don't think banning it is going to solve anything. The left lies all the time and the media lies all the time. And that's the one thing that all of these leftists have in common. They're despotic authoritarians. And they'll say things like, don't like CNN, don't go watch Fox News. Don't learn what they have to say. Only come to me because they lie. Brian Stelter now saying there's no alternative reality because it's not reality. The Trump supporters believe all of this fraud, blah, blah, blah. You know, the reality is learn as much as you can. I know some people who have learned too much and a lot of it's bunk. I know people who think Michelle Obama is a man. And I tell you, man, that's just you, you've gone off the off the reservation on that one. You got You got to figure it out. You've got to navigate and you've got to understand, you know, You've got to find that that middle ground. The challenge is, 
instead of the people on the left, the big tech companies, instead of actually helping people get good information, they just agree with the left and the moral outrage. And that's going to make everything worse. I certainly have video censored when I tell people like, here's information. I fact check this. I bring this stuff up and then I get demonetized or deranked. It happens. It does. And that means bad information prevails because the left is violent and authoritarian and big tech companies either agree with them or are terrified of them. No surprise, huh? We saw what happened in D.C. just the other day where all the Antifa and Black Lives Matter people went around bashing and beating people. And thus, you're going to end up with people who just bend the knee. And then real information that you need won't be there. You won't know the truth. You won't be allowed to share the truth eventually. And that's already starting to happen. Even now, CNN is targeting Parler, saying it's dangerous for our democracy. Why? Let people share information. I understand echo chambers are bad, but that's Twitter's fault. It's better that these people can speak and share ideas. And you should be you should be encouraging more people to join Parler. Instead, they mock, they belittle and they say, don't don't go to these these places. Don't read this information. Don't learn for yourself. No, my friends, please do. I'll leave it there. I got one more segment coming up in just a few minutes. Stick around and I will see you all shortly. I hope you're all prepared for the national lockdown, which is coming. It's a long shot that Donald Trump actually ends up winning the Electoral College or somehow retaining the presidency. But at this point, I seriously think we desperately need Trump to somehow pull pull this one off because Joe Biden has gone completely insane. His 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 uh, advisors are nuts and the media is absolutely insane. We've already been through lockdowns. We've already seen South Dakota and Sweden. The the World Health Organization has says no. They said no to lockdowns. But here we are. The Atlantic. It's time to hunker down. A devastating surge is here. Unless Americans act aggressively, it will get much larger very quickly. I want you to look at this article. And I want you to look at the URL up top. You see what that says? Lock yourself down now. That's what the title was originally. It would appear. Or maybe it wasn't. That's the URL. Lock yourself down. Do it. Lock yourself down. We shouldn't have to order it. You should be hiding. Terrifying. They're destroying the economy. The rich will get richer. The poor will get poorer. And then what? I don't know. But here it is. Biden's COVID expert warns healthcare systems will collapse and patients will die in waiting rooms if the trend continues, as new model suggests. 150,000 more people could die before his inauguration. It's scary. We don't want anybody to die. So, you know, I'm down to wear a mask and whatever. I went to the store the other day, wore a mask. Didn't have any issues. I don't, it's not a big deal. Some people just don't want to do it, I guess. Look, I've seen crazy people like in the middle, um, in the forest preserve, you know, riding their bike in the bike path and they're like wearing a mask. And I'm like, that's kind of weird, dude. You're, you, no one's around you, right? It's fine. Whatever though, they can do it if they want. I don't care what they do, but I got no problem wearing a mask if it means we can prevent stuff like this. But it seems like they want the economy destroyed. I'm not actually accusing them of trying to, like purposefully doing this. They're just either so, crazed or hysterical or paranoid, they're going to cause mass death. We've already heard from the UN. In the third world, people are going to starve to death. Around the world, 250 million, and we can expect it to get worse. Why would they be pushing this hysteria over and over again? Why would the media be saying we have to lock down when it clearly didn't work the first time? You know, it's really funny. 
somebody tweeted, they said, uh, if masks work, then like, why don't they work? <laughs> Meaning we've all been wearing masks for months and now another spike is hitting New York. How does that make sense? Things are getting worse. New York is locking down. Why didn't what you didn't your lockdown work? Didn't wearing masks work? If it didn't work, then why do the same thing again? Because they don't care. They don't want to take responsibility for whatever's about to happen. Now, there is some good news. Not that it really matters, but Fauci says we're not going to get a national lockdown. Okay, that's a bit reassuring, but I got to admit, it's not like I trust Dr. Fauci. I mean, let's be real. Fauci's been wrong about so much. The craziest thing is how the left has torn this guy to shreds. Oh, I, I mean, you know, they attacked Trump for repeating what Fauci told him to say. But, you know, you get it. Fauci would say things like, don't wear masks. He did. He really said it. And then Trump said, you don't have to wear masks. And then they were like, Trump's crazy. Then Fauci said Trump did a great job. And Trump said, I'm doing a great job. And they said, Trump, how dare you say that? You're not doing a good job. They simultaneously say Fauci is the expert, but then act like Fauci is crazy. You know what it is? It's Trump derangement syndrome. Fauci said, don't wear masks. And then everyone said, don't wear masks. And then Trump was like, you don't got to wear masks. No, you do have to wear masks. And now they've flip flopped because whatever Trump says, they do the opposite. But I digress. This is the narrative coming down now. Fauci says you won't get a lockdown nationwide, but the media tells you to do it anyway. The Atlantic. The end may be near for the pestilence that has haunted the world this year. Good news is arriving. Yeah, and they go on to mention uh, Pfizer and you know the, the uh, vaccine. Our testing capacity has expanded, blah, blah, blah. The CDC has finally acknowledged that aerosol transmission happens and that ventilation is important. The initial bungled messaging and science around masks was unfortunate, but things have turned around. The CDC has even publicized how masks can help protect the wearer from infection, as well as lower the chances of onward transmission. The importance of clusters and super spreading is more widely appreciated, maybe partly because the highly publicized White House cluster. We have reasons to celebrate. But, and you knew there was a but, a devastating surge is now underway. And worse, we are entering this dreadful period without the kind of leadership or preparation we need. And with baseline numbers that will make it difficult to avoid a dramatic rise in hospitalizations, deaths, and potential long-term effects on survivors. Almost every day, America is breaking new records in confirmed cases. My friends, you must give up your rights. Quick, where's the Constitution? Burn it. Because a pandemic is here. We all remember the famous quote from Patrick Henry. Give me, I think it was Patrick Henry. Give me liberty or give me death. Unless, of course, there's a pandemic and we all agreed, then we don't need liberty. That's right. Or maybe a national security threat. That's a good point. Maybe we've got terrorists. Give up your freedom. I love it. We've come a long way, haven't we? From give me liberty to give to give or give me death. How about New Hampshire's motto? Live free or die. How are they doing? I always say, I've been saying this for a while, but there was always going to be a reason. You know, the, the despots, the authoritarians want you to just lay down your rights and give up. Listen, I think for the most part, America will be fine. But I think there's going to be a lot of there's going to be untold suffering around the planet. And it's a really it's a really uh, difficult position to be in to know. I think for most people. It's true. Ignorance is bliss. You might say it's going to be bad for the economy. You have a lot of people in New York and California and these blue areas, a lot of these Democrats and media people that are like, for the good, everyone must just bunker down and give up. And 
that is probably going to end up with poor people suffering the most, which they probably don't care because these people are probably well off to a certain degree. But it's the poor people around the world that will suffer the most because the United States, our economy, we actually help people all over the world and we provide goods and resources and, and aid and things like that. And maybe these Democrats in positions of leadership are also really dumb or they just don't care. I'm sure there are a lot of America first types that are like, we shouldn't be doing this in the first place. You know, we shouldn't be giving away our resources in a time of need. I can certainly understand that. In the end, I think the United States itself will still face very serious problems and the working class and the poor will be the most impacted by this. Small businesses are being destroyed. We've talked about it quite a bit, but it bears repeating. Big box stores making tons of money. Amazon profits through the roof. I'll tell you this. We know the lockdown is coming, so it only it stands to reason. Buy up Amazon stock, right? I'm not going to go buy Amazon stock, but it does seem like it's going to skyrocket. The left was angry that Jeff Bezos was making all this money, but it wasn't so much that he was making all this money, you know, personally, but that Amazon was succeeding because people couldn't go to the store and it's easier just to order it online. Seemed kind of pointless, right? People can still work in warehouses. The people can still come to your house and deliver it, but you can't go to the store to buy it. Sure, I guess stores have big crowds and they're trying to mitigate this. But ultimately, everything that we've seen over the past year just really feels like they want to destroy the economy. That's all I can really say. I'm not, I'm not accusing them of wanting to do it. I think they're just dumb. That's it. There doesn't need to be some grand conspiracy or anything. It's just stupid people doing stupid things. Democrats who don't want to take responsibility for any potential death, lockdown, their, their economies, and it, it, and it destroys everything. And it creates a downward spiral. Now New York's going to enter the, potentially enter this period. Uh, that, uh, and, and I don't know how to describe it, but what happens is the more people who leave New York, the less tax revenue they have, the more things fall apart, the more businesses collapse, and then New York will fall into a, a state of total collapse, forcing people to flee, making it very difficult for New York to ever recover. There is a baseline amount of work that has to be done to maintain a city like New York. And maybe they don't care. Maybe that's the intention or ultimately they're just dumb. I'm really not uh, big into conspiracy theories. I don't think there's mass coordination um, like nefarious Illuminati plots. But I do think Democrats get together and do Democrat stuff. I do think they talk about, you know, their plans. I do think Cuomo probably talks to Murphy and, and Governor Wolf about the tri-state area in Connecticut, about what they're going to do. And then they act in concert. You can call it a conspiracy. Sure, I guess. But that's kind of normal. They call. They say, what are you doing? They say, we're locking down. And regular people just go along with it. So the word has come down. New Mexico is locking down. New Mexico orders two-week lockdown. We're going to start seeing more and more states do this. They're, the warning signs are here. Joe Biden's advisor is screaming the end is nigh and the sky is falling. Maybe it is. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know what's happening in Europe, but apparently not, not, these lockdowns didn't work. They're just calling for more and more and more. I don't think there's going to be a new normal. Or I should say this is the new normal. I don't think there's going to be a return to normal the way things used to be. We have a little bit of a comeback and then gone. I can't imagine what it must be like to be in New York or Chicago or, uh, you know, well, Los Angeles probably isn't as bad, but Lo actually, no, Los Angeles is probably way worse. New York is probably the worst, actually. Tiny little cubicle apartments stacked on top of each other. You can't go outside. You can't go to the store. You're sitting there ordering. You have no money. You're going to get evicted. The end. Maybe, maybe the end really is nigh, but not in the way they say. Poor people 
won't have money, will get evicted. They're going to go nuts. The riots we saw earlier this year weren't just about George Floyd. It was pent up rage from being trapped inside a box. You could finally go outside and you were so angry. And these people went and smashed everything and they made an excuse for it. So I'll tell you this. I think the lockdowns are coming. That should be obvious. National, probably. I don't trust Fauci. I got no problem wearing a mask. I think we should try and do something, you know, to stop the virus. But at what point do we just say enough already? Enough. Several states are defying, saying we're not going to lock down. But you know what's coming? Probably more riots. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at um, 10 a.m. tomorrow on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then.